0: <laughs> if you already know Drake, or you already been on Drake's TikTok, or his lives, or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to everything culture, with an A, not a die, check out She Gets It pod. All right. I know I'm the one with the little blue me on there. That's me. All right. New season, new season 22, giving y'all encouragement, motivation, and a real insight in the things that I think about on a daily, but I'm saying them out loud to y'all. So check me out on She Gets a Pod on your favorite podcast app, and also find me and the rest of my podcasts on com. Now I hope you're enjoying this show with Everything Culture. Hey Drake, I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, beautiful people. It's your host, Drake or B Drake with Everything Culture, and we're back with our child welfare series. And today, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening, we are discussing what is child abuse and neglect. So just let you all know this discussion may be triggering. You may hear some graphic words or discussions. I was teeter tottering on sharing pictures. This is all for educational purposes. I will say this again throughout the discussion, but this is for education. Let everyone know what this child abuse child and abuse look like and whether the definition. Please take the time out and look at your do your own research as well as look at your state. Much of this information is going to be coming from the Department of Family Protective Services or the state of Texas, and I do cover a bit from the federal level as well. But the federal level does not cover each state because, once again, each state is different. But if you want to share look up some of the information and the statistics that I will share throughout this conversation, you can go to the Department of Family Protective Services website, But that's dfps.com state s-t-a-e dot t-x dot u-s you also can go to child dot gov i apologize mm-hmm. is the state of texas is the dfps dot state dot tx dot gov so those are the websites you can go and look up this information if you like to do so but all right let's get into it <music> Wake up, everybody!
0: No more sleeping in bed.
1: No- Child abuse and neglect is defined on the federal level, and that is Child Abuse Prevention and Treatment Act, CAPTA they say or define child abuse and neglect at a minimum any recent act or failure to act on a part of a parent or caretaker which results in death serious physical or emotional harm sexual abuse or exploitation or an act or failure to act which presents an imminent risk or serious harm so to simply put this is basically this falls to the parents and the caregivers of that child and that child is, is and according to what a child is is whatever their state may consider a child by age or if they have not been emancipated as of yet so usually under the age of 18 or and yet under the age of 18 and has yet to been emancipated that is a child so a caregiver or a parent Most states recognize four types of child abuse, and that is neglect, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. And we're going to cover all of those during this episode. But here on Everything Culture, my experience, once again, is within the Department of Family Protective Services, or basically in the state of Texas, Harris County, to be more specific. So we're going to touch on the types of abuse they may have, as well as some of the statistics that they've had since 2019 through 2021. So let's cover the most known reason for removal or for CPS involvement, and that is neglect. Neglect is frequently defined as the failure of a parent or other person, which is responsible for the child to provide needed food, clothing, shelter, medical care, or supervision to the degree that the child's health, safety, and well-being are threatened with harm. So, Basically, you put your child in danger. You may not be that person harming them directly, but you're allowing harm to happen to them. That is the simplest way we can put it. And we're going to also add that usually part of neglect is also parental substance abuse. And parental substance abuse is used as an element of the definition of child abuse and neglect in some states. And Texas is one of them. They don't call it specifically that, but it is part of the neglect. Circumstances are considered abuse and neglect in some states, including our parental exposure of a child to harm or due to the mother's use of a legal drug or other substances, manufacture of controlled substance in the presence of a child, or the premises occupied by a child, allowing a child to be present where the chemicals or equipment for the manufacture of controlled substances are being used or stored, selling, distributing. Or giving drugs or alcohol to a child. And use of controlled substance by a caregiver that impairs the caregiver's ability to adequately care for the child. So those all are considered under neglect. Other things could be seen as neglect. How you can recognize it is obvious mal- malnourishment. Not being fed. Not being given water. Um, I don't want to go into too gory details. But I've seen some things where children have not eaten some time i've seen some children should be maybe 60 to 70 pounds and they weigh weighing 10 to 15. um other ways of malnourishment or medical neglect that's heavily that's another part is if a child has asthma or if a child has um a serious burn, something happened to this child on the field or an injury, anything of that nature, and the parents don't do the follow up visits, that is considered neglect as well. Um, consistent concern for a lack of personal hygiene that poses a health risk. Oh, oh, I've seen, I've been in hoarders. I've seen hoarding um, in the work that I've been in as a caseworker. That if that child that that can lead to other ailments, asthma, poor breathing. um um, infections things of that nature um if the child is stealing or begging for food i know we joke a lot in our community Uh, our parents used to say you know don't go over there acting like you hungry like i ain't feeding you well that's a sign (laughs) if a child and we need to pay attention to that seriously if the child is not you know well fed or you recognize a pattern all these things may not mean it's abuse and neglect by the way but these are just signs to pay attention to um child is left unattended for long periods of time especially on the age something i see so often still kids are just being left babies i mean like under the age of five um children being left in cars that's neglect especially the windows up um being from texas hearing all the time how children um pass away because they're left in a car while their parents think they're just going to go in the store for a period of time or whatever and but that is considered neglect and once again going back to unaddressed medical and dental care all these things will be considered neglect in the parent or caregiver's care if it's not being taken care of and i'm gonna say this probably about four or five times if you're in texas be a reporter If you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're usually anybody, a caseworker, if you're anywhere working with children, you're a mandated reporter. That means you must report. Charges can be pressed against you in certain ways if you don't make reports of child abuse, potential risk of child abuse and neglect. The number, once again, is 1 800 252 5400. Once again, DFPS intake number is 1 800 252 5400. We're gonna follow up with the second most recent, um, well, second re- most prevalent reason why children are removed or are CPS involved, and that's physical abuse. Physical abuse is generally defined as the uh, defined as any non accidental, non accidental physical injury to the child. The physical injury ranging from minor bruises to severe fractures or even death can result from punching, beating shaking, kicking, biting, throwing, stabbing, hitting, burning, choking or otherwise harming the child. Such injury or otherwise harming the child should such injury is considered abuse regardless whether the caretaker intended to hurt the child or not. Um I've seen so much so many questions about what is abuse and what is not. Um you can say spanking is not but a certain type of abuse in certain type of way is process i've seen children being spanked to flesh is falling off their body i've been seen i've seen children being slapped and that type of abuse and i used to hear parents say well this is okay i was in the military i know this is all right corporate corporal punishment is not the same you cannot do that to a child okay especially no explanation i've seen parents and relatives or caregivers um tie children up where lacerations are around their wrists and their ankles that is a type of physical abuse i've seen burns i've seen several poor burns or something called hot socks in certain communities um they uh, hold a child over water hot water and they would dip the child in that hot water to burn their feet um very once again trigger warning this is all for educational purposes but Yes, I've seen so many types of abuse that it's, it's, it's hard to watch and hard to read. Um, looking over doctor's notes and things of that nature. Um, once again, bruises that have healed over time. You know, you have a new bruise and an old bruise from belts, wires, um, tracks. And, you know, you may compare it to when you may have been spanked or disciplined as a child. This is a different level of spanking and discipline. And you may hear people, oh, I just spanked them. They don't tell you the level they did it and the type of harm that they caused this child that they can never recover from. Um, Skeletal injuries. Um, Something I used to see all the time low, usually, uh, you know, babies or people, children may hurt themselves at times. But spiral fractures are so... I want to say frequent, but in the cases I work, usually if they had a spiral fracture, that's a clear sign of abuse and neglect. Usually that it, it, it's hard to make that type of break or fracture in a child's body, especially within the baby. Um, abdominal traumas I talked about in my CPS story where I've had adult m- men punching little boys in the stomach and, and it would cause bleeding internally. Um, once again, I I can't say I apologize for telling you these things because these things actually happen. I really want to have this series to be educational to you all, but these are the type of things we work with and that's why we must be involved and that's why we must have this um, type of awareness. Um, I can go into cuts, black eyes, um, with inadequate uh, explanations. Um, other things to watch out for, frequent complaints about pain, or just obvious injury. Physical abuse is one thing you usually can't see or the doctor can see or recognize. Um, unusual patterns of burns or bites or cigarette burns. Um, lack of reaction to pain. Once again, this does not always mean it's gonna be abuse and neglect, but these are things you can be aware of. Extreme fear of going home. They flinch a lot. Um, scared of adults. Um, scared of people raising their voice. You know, anything move too fast. Um, bullying, you know, these are things to pay attention to injuries that appear after a child has not been, oh my gosh, not have, have not been in school for several days or been seen in several days, wearing long sleeve shirts and jeans and jackets and hoodies in the summer, or just covering their, their selves up at certain times. These are usually times where abuse may happen, especially with little children. I, I've had. A child that was placed with a grandmother while the parents are working services, and shout out to my volunteer—they peep game or let's say recognize that why is this child wearing? Why is this grandmother bringing this child with long sleeve clothing to the doctor's visits or to the family visits? Realized they had bruises all up and down their arms. Abuse was happening. It was able to get that child out of that placement of, of continued harm. Um, yeah so those are things to record um see those are not all of them i'm trying to think of other ones that are just coming off the top of my head right now but those are the few ways to reckon or a child just come to you and tell you directly hey i'm being abused at home or i'm being hurt or i don't feel like i'm safe it's always better to be safe than sorry i've seen some Cases that we should have been involved or the state should have been involved long before um, something more, you know, painful, or more um, detrimental. So I just want to recognize that how important for us to pay attention to these things. So as we continue, um, the next most recent, the most reasonable type of, not reasonable, the most known type of abuse. Ooh, it really goes back and forth, but and this type of abuse is known. It really is hard to find it by itself, but it's really mixed in with all the, all the other ones because it's usually on every case, honestly. But to find it solely is rare and it's the hardest to recognize, and that is emotional abuse. Uh, emotional abuse is defined as. Um, Injury to a child's physiological capacity or emotional stability as evidenced by the observational or the observable or substantial change in behavior, emotional response, or cognitive and injury as evidenced by anxiety, depression, withdrawal, or aggressive behavior. Woo! that's a lot, okay? (laughs) Uh, Emotional abuse, solely emotional abuse, is difficult because you don't see the type of you don't see it it's rare it's hard to find it's hard to just recognize that if it's actual abuse if it's solely that i've only had in my career as CPS, in my career in child welfare and with 10 to 12 years i've only seen it like so just by itself with nothing else two times Usually it's emotional abuse and physical abuse. Emotional abuse and neglect. It's, or neglect. You know, it's always going to be something else. But just emotional abuse is very rare in my opinion. It, to me. To my experience. Let me say that. Um, things to look out for is overcompliance or low self-esteem caused by scapegoating or verbal abuse by caregivers. Uh, severe depression, anxiety, or aggression. Um, lagging in physical, emotional, and, and intellectual development. Mm, I, got, I got a couple stories about that. Um, caregiver who belittles a child withholds love and seems unconcerned about the child's problems significant change to behavior such as withdrawal or overaggression significant changes to weight such as substantial weight gain or weight loss mm, yes okay I've dealt with all that okay I've had some experience where mother wasn't allowing the child to go to school was not allowing the father to come visit or have any relationship with the child after the divorce they had. Both both emotional abuse cases I've had were bad divorces. Both of them. And they used the children as pawns. And one, the the mother actually called CPS on the dad because the dad was trying to have visitations with him. Um, yeah. And when CPS was like, "Hey, we we investigated him, his home, everything looked fine. Now it's time to, for us to look at your home," and that's when the issues came about. Um, this young man or this boy was 11 years old and didn't know how to tie his shoes or know how to ride his bike. He was very smart, but he had no social skills, like very limited. Um, she homeschooled him. You know, you'll see him find was very very. Very, I can't remember what it even sound like because he did not speak a lot at all. But good kid. But the mother just refused to. Now, not even with CPS or the organization I work with with Casa, he didn't. It, we didn't have issues like here. She didn't want to follow the direction of the court. But. The focus was this child. He was, had so many other cognitive delays as far as behavior and social skills, even though he knew how to read well and mathematics, but he never really, he didn't have any friends. Only friend he had or the relationship he had was his mother. The other one I had was, ooh, that one was a very unique one. Once again, another divorce. The mother had, it was a very affluent family. The father, it was like a six, seven-year divorce going on. The father just wanted a relationship with his daughters. Mother, she was something different. Let me tell you that. She was very, 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 very manipulative. I've worked with manipulative manipulative parents. (laughs) I work with a lot of manipulators, period. And I remember, this was me at CASA, one of my last cases. And I remember telling our volunteer, shout out to Dave, um, you know who you are if you hear this. But I remember telling them be careful around this parent. I did, I I guarantee they're recording your conversations. So when you go to these kids and you speak with them, just be on your just be honest. I know you're a good person, but just be aware of what may happen. We we gotta point to this case two weeks before jury trial. Two weeks. But we cold blooded, we we good at what we do. We we're experts, okay? And the long story short. The mother had a certain control. It was four girls, 17, 15, I'm going to say 12 and 10, okay? The 12 and 10, they had a little bit more leeway relationship, but the older ones, oh my goodness. Once again, straight-A students, healthy, affluent family, come from big money, a lot of money, okay? And Really, CPS shouldn't be involved. That was taxpayers' money. just really needed shouldn't have been there, honestly. But we needed to be there just to state what we saw within a short period was on there. But the mother, the dad say all these things, but we, we can listen to the information we're taking in, but we have to do our own investigation. We were able to see these kids like four times within two weeks, saw them at their therapist, saw them with their mother. But when I saw this from my own eyes, I saw the mother was trying to distract us from the girls like it was like we had a tag team i'm glad i was with the, the volunteer but i saw the mother tap her foot when the therapist was saying something asked a specific question and she did a little trigger and this child is like it was like it was literally brain- brainwashing that was the point we was on there too but this child slapped the, the therapist it's like she had to point with these she can make these kids trigger same thing with the older girls the older girls would just attack the dad. It, it was just their behavior was so spontaneous, and the mother would coach them to do it. Even when the volunteer went out and was talking about, well, my dad would grab us and hold us. The dad never did all those things. She, it was a lot of private investigators. It was something out of a movie. Let me tell y'all, this y'all want this this family should have been a lifetime series. It was a lot. It's stressful. I don't like being in people's business like that. I just want to protect the kids. But I told a volunteer, and that you're going to record them. And lo and behold, went to jury trial, and she tried to play a recording about what the volunteer said about being spanked. And this kind of goes into communication that will go on later. We may not even cover this in the series, but I may, I may want to bring the casa volunteers on. But the point is, he's when this the daughter, the 17 year old, asks, well. Did your parents spank you? Once again, I tell people, don't share your personal information. But this volunteer, he was like, you know, Dave was around his 60s, 70s or so. He's like, yeah, my dad spanked me. He come from a different generation, a different culture. But my dad loved me. My dad did it for a reason. My dad never abused me or harmed me. That's why he was brought up, and that's how I was brought up. But I never believed it was abuse. The mother brought that recording to court. And once again, tell your truth. Tell your truth stay while you said it he was able to testify on in court and the jury actually supported that you know once again you got to know your demographic but that's just a story that show emotional abuse is very hard to see i just to say thank i don't want to say thankfully but thankfully <laughs> with the cases that i worked as a caseworker the two solely emotional abuse cases i had it was very clear It was emotional abuse happening to the children and we was able to make a recommendation to the court and you know and go forward from there um i want to add that every child that comes into care need to be in individual therapy every single one in my professional opinion every child that comes that is removed from their family removed from their parent should be in therapy individual therapy I don't know for how long, it depends after they have their psychosocial or their psychological or their psychiatric, they need to be in individual therapy. Just by being removed from your parents or your caregivers or what you call a stability and if you have the unstable, dangerous home, you need to have some type of structure or some type of feedback of where you can present and speak um, to someone in a safe space. So I want to make sure we're clear about that. Um, That's a recommendation from Drake. And um, yeah. And the last one that I'm going to touch on, like um, completely that usually in every state, is sexual abuse and exploitation. Now, in Texas, this is not the highest one. This is usually the lowest. But when it happens, it's the most heartbreaking. It is. I worked even though I've only worked two emotional abuse solely emotional abuse cases, I've worked maybe a dozen sexual abuse cases. And it's a lot of people did this is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking. Um and it's hard for a lot because usually it's like majority of abuse and neglect is a pattern. First and foremost, it's, it's usually something happens. Somebody was spanked too hard or beat on or neglected. And that parent just going to repeat the same thing that happened to them. You know, they it's usually people, it's a culture, unfortunately, I have to put it that way. Um, all states include sexual abuse in their definition of child abuse. All of them. Some states may refer to it in general terms of sexual abuse, while others may uh, specify various acts or sexual abuse. Um, Sexual exploitation is an element of the definition of sexual abuse in most jurisdictions, okay? Um, Sexual exploitation includes allowing a child to engage in prostitution uh, or in production of child pornography, all right? Um, How you can recognize these things... Is physical signs of sexual transmitted diseases. Um, STDs, Evidence of injury to a genital area. You know. Take, not taking them to the doctor. or physicians. That's another one. Pregnancy in a young girl. difficulties of sitting or walking. Extreme fear of being alone. With adults of a certain sex. Sexual comments and behaviors. Are play beyond what is considered age appropriate behavior knowledge of sexual relations beyond what is expected for a child's age and sexual victim victimization of other children so praying other children yeah um that's this is a hard one okay this is a hard one i've seen a lot of that i've had Situations, like he says, I've had children, families that I had a child that, at the age of eight, was sexually assaulted by her stepfather, then by step grandfather, then was placed in another. Um, was, they was exposed to a lot of inappropriateness, um, even so. They've been in three different homes, and all these homes were very hmm, they were not effective, they were not helpful, they were damaging to this child. This same child couldn't be around other children. And this was a little girl, okay? Even me, they and and I've, I've said this before, I don't think I've said it on TikTok before on my stories, but it was a point that morning, right in front of the house, broad daylight, try to inappropriately touch me as an adult. And I'm glad that I have the the know-how and the awareness to immediately call it out immediately correct her and immediately talk to the caregivers her attorneys everyone to report and what she needed to be in extended therapy but i knew what this child went through and you know still keep tabs with this child, you know, I don't talk but I always, you know, you know, make sure they doing okay. I don't you know, through other people, family or care um, other caregivers. But it's so much that I look at how this young now woman or I believe they they them may consider it like because they're trying to figure themselves out from the the experience they had in life. Um I've had older I have teenage boys that harped on their younger sisters because they were um, preyed on by uncle or mom's boyfriend and hard, it's just sad Just sad, I've had and once again I i gotta make sure to protect these children because when these children are placed in some resident treatment centers or some group homes and it's hard to find them placements but we ain't talking about all that right now it, it's difficult, it's hard You know how to give get them the help that they need, because nobody, you know, nobody recognized what was happening to them and got them help early enough. I've had, I've had children be preyed on by foster parents. I've had, oh man. And and never while I was on the, like I never had a child that was harmed while I was working the case as, like that, but usually when I get on a sign letter a transfer case something of that nature and getting them help you know and it, it's it's difficult you know it's hard I've had oh my goodness children to share about you know that I've had a child that the mother a child assaulted his mother and while he had a case a, a, a juvenile case for assaulting his mother and boyfriend the question came up why did you jump on your mother and you know hit her a boyfriend why did you do give her a black eye oh because she was giving him a fellatio in front of like while I was laying on the bed you know the same, in a hotel room you know <laughs> you know and you know these it, it, it's it's the stories go on and on and on and no child should have to experience any type of neglect or abuse. Exploitation. Uh, but it happens. And how we can get this help. I've seen it on the internet all the time. A, a, a neglect is, or, um, you know, we can say neglect is, once again, when you see online where you're you're or emotionally abusing your children by posting their discipline online. That's, that's considered emotional abuse Um, I've seen parents post inappropriate things of the children online I've seen parents give children drugs online, on the internet from Instagram Vine, TikTok, Twitter take it all the way back, I I wasn't aware of it on MySpace, Facebook but people will show you who they are and I know a a lot of people come down on CPS the state federal whatever but what are we going to do about it if these entities were not here do you know like when you recognize it do you know what to do once again i say if you're in texas call 1-800-252-5400 stop it if you can but don't place your place don't place yourself in danger that's one thing i say and you it may not be abuse and neglect as well that's why you need somebody to come in and do an investigation that's what we can do sometimes and if you see it happen call again make another report I'm once again I'm not telling you CPS can get it right on the first time I'm not okay I'm telling you that right now I, I've been on the other side of CPS as far as a uh, guardian I light on I've been a volunteer myself but I still have empathy for my the caseworkers in the system but I hold them accountable too. Okay, Because these children and these families need a fair opportunity to live their life and to be safe. And these children, once again, these children need to be protected. I am child first. I've been a child that's suffering from neglect. I've been that child that I, I don't talk to my teachers. I was told not to talk to everyone. But I'm going home with no lights, no water, and I haven't seen my mother, and nobody, I haven't been, I haven't seen a parent other than my best friend's mom in a months literally I still didn't want to come into CPS custody though but thankfully I had family to take me in so these things all I'm I'm putting out to y'all to hopefully educate you Um, we're going to have more conversation this is just a little update Um, I want to say thank y'all for listening I really appreciate it Um, I'm Drake with everything culture and before I step off, I want to give y'all a few statistics. And this is in Texas. So in the past three years, not including 2022, so this is from 2019 to 2021. I just want to read off um, some of the stats. So in Texas, all around in all the counties, okay, there has been 340,581 allegations. Out of those Three hundred and forty and fifty-one, what well, three hundred forty thousand five hundred and eighty-one allegations. There have been seventy-five thousand confirmed cases of abuse, and neglect, and out of the seventy-five thousand, there has been over seventeen thousand removals. Okay, that's average every year. That's not that's not collectively. That's just average. All right. So that number, if I break it down, all in total, it's a, it's a lot. Listen, we're in the thousands, okay? Millions, if that, on the allegations. So out of those numbers, as far as the allegations, there's been 215,491 on average of the three years of neglect. That, once again, I say that is the highest. That is almost let me do my maths (laughs) that is above three times for the second one compared to physical neglect the average of physical neglect is 60,560 the average of sexual abuse is 53,757 the average of emotional abuse is 8,095 and the average of abandonment is 2,679 so let me touch on abandonment real quick because abandonment is not on everyone but abandonment is something for texas and it's two different types of abandonment you have um just straight just abandonment and you have refusal to accept parental responsibility abandonment is like dropping the child off at a hospital or um a fire station things of that nature or just a nursery and just leaving okay that's abandonment not You know, hey, I can't take care of this child. They may leave a note. They may not. But they abandoned the child. And I think it has to be up to six months unless it's changed recently. Refusal to accept parental responsibility is when a parent may. This usually happens with teenagers. Is when the child may or may not get in a lot of trouble. Or behavior issues and things of that nature, or just the parents say, "I can't do it anymore. Oh, I don't want to do it anymore, and I'm not going to deal with it. Y'all deal with it." That is um, just a parent refuse to take responsibility of their child. If they go to juvenile detention, they're like, "I told them not to get in trouble again. I'm not picking them up from school. I'm not picking up from juvie. Nothing." And I've seen, that I've had quite a few of those too. Um, quite, a, quite a few. Once again, all of these are sad. All these. All of these children need help. Because once again, especially our teenagers, preteen, before you know it, they're going to be adults. And they're going to be having children as well. And if we don't break this cycle and show something different or try to heal them, that hurt is going to continue. I'm telling you this straight up. Okay? That's why I still do what I do. That's why I still mentor. That's why I still try to be a difference in my community and society. Now, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out, Um, not only to me, um, but you can reach out to your local um, Department of Family Protective Services or CPS agency. Ask how you can help. Instead of being hindrance, how can you help? How can you be a part of the change? Uh, Reach out to your local CASA agency or child advocacy. See if you can volunteer. Um, Yeah, so many things you can do. If you can't give your time, which I always ask for, you can donate clothing, you can donate bags, backpacks, luggage, things. You you, you don't know how much you can help out these children and care. But we'll talk more about it. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in to our Child Welfare series. Um, once again, I am Drake with Everything Culture. We will love for you to listen to us on anywhere you listen to a podcast. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube, we're on pie bean, we're on good pies you name it we're out there but our mission statement comes from the words of dr martin luther king jr and that is he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other they fear each other because they don't know each other and they don't know each other because of segregation and because of segregation we have miscommunication this podcast has been built on the pillars of respect communication and consistency so we can get to know each other so we can love one another i want to say thank you again god bless Peace.